Amen. Good morning. Good to see you at the harbor this morning. My name is Ken Smith. I'm the life group pastor here. Tara is my wife. I haven't run from her to see if she'd chase me, so I don't know if I should try that or not, but Brother Richard, you know. <laughs> she might just say, let it go. <laughs> It's good to have you here in the house this morning. Uh, Pastor Mike and his wife, Sister Kelly, are in Columbus, Georgia uh, this weekend. He uh, went to uh, witness the marriage of his sister, so uh, they're enjoying some time together with family over there, So, uh, we, but he will be back next week, so uh, we encourage you to, to come back and see the real thing next week. <laughs> We're in a series right now on uh, margins, and it's about how to get margins in your life. A lot of us live with no margins whatsoever. There's no uh, there's no leeway anyway. Just as this uh, lady was doing her to do list, and uh, you you saw as as it progressed, it just got overwhelming, and that's how a lot of us live our lives day to day. Amen. Y'all awake? If you participate with me, this will last a whole lot shorter. <laughs> just, just messing with you. <clears throat> Our first message on uh, margins was living within financial margins. And what the uh, pastor talked about here was how we should endeavor to get out of personal debt. And the reason we want to do this is so that it frees up our finances to where we can breathe. Amen. We can live more comfortably because when you're not worried about the finances coming in, you can you know, kind of relax. Um, but it also frees up finances to where we can help others. You know, and that's what it, really that's what it's all about. Um, the next one was on borders, and that was talking about uh, tithing. This is where Pastor Mike issued the tithe challenge, the 90-day tithe challenge. And that's still going on if you'd like to participate in that. Uh, all it is is just uh, we're ch challenging you to tithe for 90 days and see if God will not bless you. Simple as that. <clears throat> the message last week was on no margin for error. And this was talking about people that, that live their lives with absolutely no margins whatsoever in any area of their life. And uh, usually, I'm, I'm sure you know one or two of those, that you might be one of them. But you need margins in your life. But I want to close out the uh, series today with a message about putting margins in our time. Amen? How many of you feel like that there's not enough time in the day? Or there's not enough time in the week, or the month, or the year? I know as I get older, I, I look and I'm like, you know, it's not days or weeks anymore. It's like, where'd the year go? Good Lord. You know, here we are, we're already six months into the year. And uh, I remember when I was in school, it was like, good Lord, I'm never going to get to high school. I'm never going to get to 12th grade. My dad told me, he says, once you graduate from high school, it'll start speeding up. And boy, it has. <laughs> I won't tell you how long ago that was, but anyway. All of us have the same amount of time. We have 24 hours in a day. We have 86,400 seconds in a day. It's how we spend that. Amen? It's like if you, if you, uh, someone were to, to, to deposit $86,400 in your bank account, 
every morning. But you had to use it by the end of the day because you couldn't save it. And it went away. It started all over the next day. Now I know some of your heads are spinning right now. Cha-ching, cha-ching. <clears throat> but we do have 86,400 seconds that are given to us every day. But you can't save them up. you got to use what you're given. Amen? What if I could tell you that God gave me the authority to give you three extra hours in a day? And I can say, hey, I walk up, Kenny, I can give you three more hours a day. Instead of 24 hours, you're going to have 27 hours now. What would you do with that? Now, I know some of you think, oh, man, if I had three more hours a day, I could do this, I could do that, I could do the other. But you know what? You probably would do the same thing with that three extra hours that you did with 24. You'd wind up at the end of the day and you'd be like, there's just not enough time in the day. Amen? <clears throat> Psalms 90 verse 12, a lot of people don't uh, realize this, but this particular uh, psalm was written by Moses. And uh, if you don't believe me, go check it out. 90 verse 12. He says, teach us, he's talking to God, he said, God, teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Teach us to number our days. What he's saying is, Lord, Teach us, make us understand that there's a start and there's a finish. There's parameters. So that I can develop wisdom. In other words, so that I can begin to make right decisions on how I spend that time. Amen? If we'll learn to live like this, we'll learn to live with more purpose in our day-to-day -day lives. We'll learn to leverage our time. I want to take you over here and show you a, a little illustration here. Now, this jar represents a space of time. Now, whether that be an hour or a day or a week or whatever you want it to be, this is a space of time. The pebbles inside here are all the things, the trivial things that take up time in our day-to-day -day lives. For some of you, probably about half of that would be Facebook. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> or, or it might be Walking Dead or, or you know, what, whatever you spend time on that's it's really not significant, but, you know, you really don't want to give it up. That's what this is, okay? These These big rocks over here, these are the important things, like our children, our spouse. Maybe I better get a bigger one for the spouse. School, if we have school. Leisure time. Yeah, right. Whatever else is important. And as you can see, there's no room. So we fill our lives up with the trivial things, the things that really, really don't matter, and we don't have room for what does matter. But it's really all about priorities. It's how we prioritize 
our lives. If we put the important things first, then done yet. And room to spare. It's just all about priorities. What are the priorities? The key is not piling more and more stuff on. Because see, that's what we normally do. We, we have all this stuff and then we just keep piling on. Well, I got this to do. I got that to do. And we wind up frustrated. Amen? Been there? Done that? For some of us, it's a day-to-day -day, -day reality. But if you learn to prioritize, see, if you'll reorganize your life, you'll learn that all those other things you still got time for. But you're not getting at the end of the day and realizing that you didn't take care of the important things. See, priority determines capacity. Priority determines capacity. The priorities in your life determine the capacity of your time. So you don't have margins in your life, in your time, because you have not yet established priorities. What is priority? What are the big rocks? That's what you've got to identify. What are the big rocks in my life? What is important? Who is important? See, busyness kills intimacy. I'm not talking about sexual intimacy. I'm talking about intimacy in general. Relationships. See, relationships take time. To build a relationship with someone takes time. But we're so busy in this, in this society that we can't build relationships. Our communication is reduced to Facebook because we don't have time. Now, I'm not dissing Facebook. I use Facebook. Somebody told me the other day, said, you need to check your Facebook. You got 20 messages. I'm like, I ain't worried about Facebook. I'll check it when I get a chance. <laughs> Amen. And then I just skim through it. I don't spend a little bit of time in that. <clears throat> anyway, some of you do. We live without margins in our time schedules. And the truth is that most of us live with very little or no time margin. I know I've been there before. I know Tara's been there before. I have to grab her sometimes and say, hold on, horse. Slow down. Learn that two-letter word, N-O. Can't do it. <clears throat> Case in point, we had a busy week this week, and Brother Earl, I think he was in the early service, he, we, he, gets corn, he grows corn, and we get corn from him every year. 
So he's like, I got the corn. I got it. You know, you got to take it today. This was, uh, I think it was Wednesday. I want three bushels. And I looked at her like, three bushels? When are we going to do three bushels of corn? And, well, I got to get it now. I said, well, get two or one. Don't get more than you can do, you know? So she finally, she backed off of that, and she went with two. But anyway, <clears throat> but we keep piling stuff on. You know, oh, I can do that, I can do that. And, and before you know it, you're just, you're frazzled. And I don't like to be that way. But we cram more and more and more stuff in what is already overbooked. Amen? And what we typically find out is at the end of the day or the end of a week, You've done all this stuff and you've been oh so busy. But there's important things that went by the wayside. Like time with God. Like time with our children, with family. See, priority determines capacity. What is important to you? Who is important? See, it doesn't really matter today if you're here, you know, if you're a Christian or if you're just, if you're just visiting. You know, maybe somebody kind of conned you and said, hey, if you go to church with me tomorrow, you know, I'll, I'll buy you lunch. Or maybe, you know, one of your friends said, hey, come to church with me. You know, you might, might meet a hot chick. Or you might meet some cute guy, you know. It doesn't matter why you're here. But if you'll implement what I'm going to tell you today, it'll change your life. It will change your life. What you got to do first is you got to make a list. You got to figure out what is important. What are the big rocks in your life? What are the most important things? See, the Old Testament and the New Testament both, they told us put God in the jar first. Right? And there's a promise to that. The promise is that if if the God rock is first, it impacts the priority of everything else in your life. Now, I hope you don't get offended with me referring to God as a rock. If you do, be here next Sunday, and Pastor Mike's going to be preaching on offenses. He'll get you all straightened out. <clears throat> but even David referred to God as a rock. In Psalms 18 and 31, he says, For who is God besides Yahweh? And who is a rock? Only God. He is our rock. So put Him in the jar first. Let Him be number one priority. To get margins in our time, we must get our rocks prioritized. In searching through the Bible, you will not find prioritized in there. But there is a word that's used that really references priority, and it, that's the word seek. You'll find in the New and the Old Testament, you'll find that seek is used often. We're told to seek, to seek earnestly, to seek first. And what the authors are trying to tell us here is to put God first. Seek, prioritize God. Put Him first. Psalm 61 verse 3 says, God, you are my God. I eagerly seek you. 
I thirst for you. One version says, I earnestly seek you. Let me tell you something. You can only earnestly seek one thing. You can only earnestly seek one thing at a time. Psalms 119.10 says this, And I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commandments. You can only seek one thing with all your heart. Because you, if you seek one thing with all your heart, there's no more heart to seek anything else with. Amen? What he's saying here, what David's saying here is by putting you first, God, it reorders my priorities and then your commands become my priorities in life. Proverbs 28.5 says, Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand everything. See, the organizing factor of your life is to realize that God has to be number one. God has to be number one. God, I want to seek you. I want to know you. I want to do your will. I want to know your will. Probably one of the most familiar uh, scriptures in the New Testament that most Christians will remember is Matthew 6, verse 33. Where Jesus said, he said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what he said, and all these other things will be provided. What's all these other things he's talking about? Well, back up to verses 31 and 32. He says, so don't worry saying, what will I eat? What will I eat? What will I drink? What will I wear? Don't worry about those. Because God knows that you need those. Isn't that what it says? Verse 32. For the idolater eagerly seeks all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But what he said is that the, the idolater, the one that doesn't believe in God, they are seeking after these things. That's priority in their life. But he says, don't let that be priority in your life. Make me priority. If you make me priority, then I will provide all those other things that everybody else is beating their head in the ground trying to get. Amen. God knows you need it. And the Bible tells us that He will not only give us our needs, but our desires. But the, the condition is we've got to put Him first. The problem is that we prioritize the needs and the desires, and we put Him on the back burner. And He's overflowing out of the jar. But if we'll put Him in first, all those other things will come. Do you know that God knows what you need? Do you know that? When I say do you know that, I mean do you really know that deep down? You know that God knows what you need and He knows how much of it you need. Now if we know that, then why don't we put Him first? Because if He said, if he said if we put Him first, then all that stuff that we know He need, we need, we know He knows it, 
and we know He knows how much we need, then why don't we put Him first? Because He's going to give us those things. Amen? We've been called, those of you that have accepted the call to be a Christian, we have been called to put Him first. As a Christian, that's our duty, to put God first. To know His will. And to the best of our ability to do His will. And I know a lot of times, I know right after I became a Christian, I, you know, <clears throat> was seeking God, man, reading the Bible, and just, oh, I, I want to know God's will. I want to go, you know, what's God's will? And I pray, hey, Lord, Lord, show me what your will is. You know, and then I, everybody asked, hey, you know what God's will is? And I heard this one guy, an old preacher, he's dead now. Some of you know him, his name is Lester Summerall. He had an old raspy preacher boy. Not like this. He said, boy, want to know what the will of God is? Read the Bible. If you want to do the will of God, do what it says. How simple is that? So it's it spelled out for you right now. You want to know the will of God in your life? Read the Bible. You want to do His will? You want to please Him? And do what it says. That's simple. Put Him first. Do those things, and all those other things will come. If we'll seek Him first and put Him first, the organizing principle in our life, then our time will be prioritized accordingly. And when that time is prioritized, we'll realize that all of a sudden, and now we have margins. We have margins in our time. We learn to put Him first. Amen? God knows your schedule. Mondays are great, aren't they? <laughs> I'm looking at some of you. I know where you work. And I know. <laughs> yes, sir. Monday. Monday is when all hell breaks loose. Because you done had Sunday, you done got charged up, you ready to go, and out the gate comes the devil. Amen. But if we put God first, He knows every little obstacle that's going to come your way. He knows every little disruption. He knows those little thorns in your flesh that come. And you know, when you put Him first, and He's your priority, after a while it seems that those little disruptions really aren't disruptions as much. Because you know He's in control. Amen? <clears throat> Martin Luther put it this way. He says, pray to God, and then let Him worry. <laughs> Pray to God and then let Him worry. See, we worry about stuff that don't matter a lot of times. We worry about big things. We worry about little things. And ain't, uh, there ain't one second of worry that's going to help any of it. Amen? The Bible says that you worry, you know, it ain't going to add one hair to your head. So, why worry? 
Well, it's our nature. Yeah, I know that. But put God first. Put everything in His hands. Now, you still got to do your part. But don't worry. Because God's got it. Amen? The context of what Martin Luther was talking about here was he, he said that when, when he had a day that he knew was going to be just like you know, extra overwhelming, a real busy day or whatever, that would be the day that he gets up earlier and he spends more time praying in preparation for the start of that day. And he said what he found was when he would do that, that when those worries came during the day, they didn't really matter. And he found out at the end of the day that he had pleased God throughout the day. See, that's really the goal, is to please God in everything we do. We all have jobs to do. You know, it's not just talking about ministry here. We all have jobs to do, and our job is to please God. Please God in the way we conduct ourselves, the way we live. Be pleasing unto God. Amen? If you'll begin your day with God, you will worry less. I guarantee you. So how do we prioritize our time? We need to start by doing just that. Putting God first. Set that just the first few minutes of the day. Set that aside for God. Spend a long time with God. Pray. Read His Word. Recognize that He is first. This will set the direction for the rest of the day. And it will also set your emotions for the rest of the day. I can tell when some people that say they're Christian <clears throat> come into work, and I can tell when they have not set God first that day. It shows. So set Him first. It makes a difference in the direction of your day. If you're pressed for time, you get up, you know, sometimes it just happens. The alarm didn't go off, or either you shut it off, or whatever. <clears throat> I still got to take a shower. I'm already five minutes late. I ain't got time to pray. I ain't got time to read. Pray through the Lord's Prayer. And personalize it. Just take it and personalize it. Or pray through your schedule. Maybe you got a busy schedule that day. Lord, you know, I got I got to meet with so and so at, at nine o'clock. Lord, I just pray that you help me, you know, help me to focus, help me to do good uh, in that meeting. And and Lord, I, I got this task to do, and I got that task to do. Just be, be creative. Spend your time that you need to with God. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if you put a check by everything you got to do. What matters is did you please God? Amen. See, you're already seeking something first. Now, a lot of people can't tell you what that is. But if you'll ask somebody that's close to you or close to that person, they could tell you. They'll tell you what you're seeking first. So what are you seeking first? I'm not suggesting that you stop seeking that altogether. All I'm suggesting is Make a shift and seek God first and seek that second. And see if it doesn't change something. Amen? When you prioritize correctly, you increase your capacity 
and you will have margin. But guess what? God's not going to force himself into your life. There's a scripture in Revelation that says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You have to open the door and let him in. He's not going to come in like SWAT. Oh, make the door. Come in. No, God's not going to do that. He's a gentleman. But he stands at the door and knocks. Let him in. So what will you do today? Will you make a decision to prioritize your time? To figure out what the big rocks in your life are and then start putting them in their proper place? Or will you continue on the path that will lead to destruction? You'll be crazy. You'll be fat, frazzled all the time. You'll be living on the edge. The decision is up to you. See, what I want you to, to understand today is that priority determines capacity. As you saw with this little illustration. Priority in your life will determine the capacity. Why do you why do you want to why do you want to prioritize those things? So that life doesn't pass you by. So that you don't live your life and then when you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, however long you live, you don't sit back and say, Man, I wish I'd have spent more time with my kids. I wish I'd have done this. I wish I'd have done that. I wish I'd have, you know, I, I should be deeper in the Lord now and, and you know, I'm not there. Priority determines capacity. Put God first. Make Him number one priority. And if you'll do this, you'll have more time. You'll have time to do the little things that you like to do. You'll have time to, to make decisions the way you should be able to, instead of on the fly. Yes, no, yes, no. You have some choice in your life. Remember the priority. So there's still room at the top, even though I took this out. But there's still room at the top. There's still room for stuff. But don't forget leisure time, too. See, technology, I love it. It's crazy how far we've come in a short amount of years. But the crazy thing is, back in the 60s, 50s and 60s, everybody thought with the, the, the multiplication of, of technology, I forget how it, it changes every, every five or ten years, it just multiplies. They were thinking by the 2000s that everybody would only be working 20 to 30 hours a week because you'd have all this time freed up because of the the advancement in technology but all technology has done really is allowed us to cram more and more stuff 
Because, hey, I can do what I used to do now in half the time, so now i got time to do something else. We've got to slow down, reprioritize. Put things back in order. Make your list. Start out a list. What are the important things? Who are the important people in my life? Put God number one. And then start building your schedule by that list. Do it like the 90 day tithe challenge. Do it for 90 days. And see if it doesn't change your life. Because I believe it will. I'm going to ask you if you will to stand at your feet. And I want you to think about that today. Will you, see it's in your hands, the ball's in your court. Will you make a decision to make those changes? You may be out there today and, and you may not know anything about putting God first in your life. Well, that, that's the first step. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. If you're willing to make that decision today, I encourage you at when we begin to pray that you pray. All you got to do is ask Him in your heart. And He's there. Amen. And I'd encourage you if you do that today to drop us a note at the Connection Center. Let us know so that we can celebrate with you so that we can help you to the next step. If you're here today and you got a crazy... You, just got a crazy life. And I, I saw the look on some of your faces. I know. We live life on the edge. But I want to encourage you today make a decision to change that. Make your list. Put the priorities in order. And then begin to build your, your schedule around those things. And see if God doesn't change your life. Amen. Lord, we just lift you up here today. Lord, we thank you for those who have come today to be in your house. Lord, I thank you for those who have made a decision, Lord, to follow you today. Lord, that you just enter into their hearts, God, and that you would free them, Lord, from the bondage of sin. And, and Lord, help them, God, to come to a place of, of repentance. I ask, Lord, that you would be with those here today, Lord, who have been living life without margins. And Lord, that you would help them, God, to, to make a list of the priorities in their life, Lord, and to set those priorities in order. That they might free up more time, Lord. That they might free up finances and, 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 and Lord, set borders in their life. Lord, I'm believing you, God, over the course of the next few weeks and the next few months, that there will be testimony after testimony those, Lord, who have made a decision to put margins in their lives and the changes that they've made. Lord, I ask that you would go with each one today as we leave. Lord, that you would set a hedge of protection around each and every one of us. And Lord, help us to live our lives pleasing to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would pay attention uh, to